Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth through today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com or you can download our free Living Truth app. Now here's part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah 41 called Comfort for the Gentiles. There's secular organizations that are good at helping people, and people can be very neighborly who are not born-again Christians. I hope you've noticed that. I notice that all the time. There's a lot of nice people. Sometimes I'm walking out of a place, and I, and I think there's nobody left who has chivalry, and then someone will hold open the door for me. And if they hold open the door for me, I don't automatically say, are you born again? You must be, because the only people that open the door for other people are born-again Christians. No. People can be nice. They can say to one another, look at verse 6, brother, be strong. But look what they do. So the craftsman encourages the smelter. 7, he who smooths metal with a hammer encourages him who beats the anvil. Yeah, do it. You can do it. You're shaping it great. And he says to the soldering or the welding, it's good. This kind of a parody of the creation. When God made the world, he said, it's good, it's good, it's good. And when the friend is telling him, hey, be strong, brother, and hey, let's go, let's go make sure our idol's good. Maybe we should put a new coat of paint on them. We should put some fresh metal on them. You know, let's run to our false gods. They encourage one another with this too. And they say, it's good. And he fastens it with nails that it should not totter. Okay, our God's in place. Okay, be of good cheer, brother. It's gonna be all right. We'll rebuild. And plus, we got our God and he's got a fresh coat of silver and paint on him. His chains have been secured. We're good. And God says, that what you do? And the whole previous chapter, chapter 40, verses 12 through 26, is God basically mocking idolatry and saying, don't you see who made all the stars? Don't you see who made everything? Hello? Don't you see who made the idol? You make the idol. You are a God manufacturer. That's what people say today, by the way, of Christians. We, we made up this God concept to make ourselves feel a little bit better about our lives. Well, I have to tell you something. The God of the Bible is not how I would make a God. If I were Peter or John and I made up a story about the Gospels and about Jesus Christ, I would never allow anybody to write a chapter about me denying him three times. Uh Uh-uh. The Bible shows the foibles and the humanity, and it tells you, look, you put this on the big screen, you better, you're going to put a pretty serious rating on this book because you read through the Bible, there's some ugly stuff. And it's in the patriarch's family. He starts saying, this is the group that God picked? Yeah, that's why you're sitting here tonight. (laughs) That's why I'm standing up here. But we got to shore up our God. One writer says, when we turn from God, we're left shoring up our idols rather than resting in the arms of Almighty God. And we do it today. We just have different forms of it. We go back and we make sure everything's secure, our little idols in place so we can encourage ourselves and then check on it. And God says, no. The purpose of all of this is to drive you to me. And so he'll now contrast his people with the rejecting people who go to the idols. Verse eight. But you, by contrast, and he's now gonna speak to Israel, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, Descendant of Abraham, 
What's Abraham called in verse 8? Abraham was my friend. Literally, you could translate this, Abraham who loved me, and I loved him. Abraham's my friend. And we sing, uh, we haven't sung it lately, but we used to sing a song quite often, I am a friend of God. It's a cool tune. He knows my name, right? I'm a friend of God. What? Yeah. And I'll, I'll encourage you to look at James 2.23. It says, and he, Abraham, was called the friend of God. And 2 Chronicles 20 verse 7 says, Abraham, thy friend forever. See, God made a covenant with Abraham And think of the backdrop now. God has been addressing people who turn to idols and Abraham came from a family of guess what? Of idol worshipers. Turn to the book of Joshua. Let me just show it to you. We'll move quickly through the last parts of this. We're gonna end at verse 20, but go to Joshua 24. So you got Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua. Just before Judges. Go to Joshua 24. God made a covenant with Abraham. By the way, there's a, um, a uh, story outside biblical sources that said when Abraham was growing up in the home of Terah, his dad, he refused to worship idols. Take it for what you will, but it is a story that circulated around. Then Joshua 24.1 gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem. He called for the elders of Israel, Joshua 24.1, for their heads and their judges and their officers, and they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said to all the people, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, from ancient times your fathers lived beyond the river, namely Terah, the father of Abraham, and the father of Nahor. And they served, would you note it? Other gods, Joshua 24, 2. Then I took your father Abraham from beyond the river, led him through all the land of Canaan, multiplied his descendants and gave him Isaac. And to Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau, and to Esau I gave Mount Seir to possess it. But Jacob and his sons went down to Egypt. See, what's Joshua say? What's, what's his point? What's, what's the verse that we all enjoy? What do we say? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Go to the, um, skip ahead to 24, 19. Then Joshua said to the people, 24, 19, you will not be able to serve the Lord for he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgression or your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, then he will turn and do you harm and consume you, consume you after he has done good to you. And the people said to Joshua, No, but we will serve the Lord. And Joshua said to the people, You are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen for yourselves the Lord to serve him. And they said, We are witnesses. Now therefore put away the foreign gods which are in your midst and incline your hearts to the Lord the God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord our God and we will obey his voice. 
See, the people meant well, but go back to Isaiah and we'll finish it up. But their story was of a man pulled out of idolatry. The Jewish nation didn't become a Jewish nation until God called Abraham and his history wasn't pretty. So it doesn't matter where you come from. You don't have to come from a line of granddaddies that were pastors. Let it start with you. Let it start with you. So God gives a promise to those who will put their trust in him. This is a verse that I would encourage you guys to memorize, and this is a good one to put on your fridge, and it's positive. 41.10 says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. This is what you can expect when you turn to me and you turn from your idols. God said, I, in essence, I let you live in a land of idolatry for 70 years, but if you turn to me, you don't have to be afraid. It's gonna be tough at times. It's not easy to be a Christian, but here's what you can know. You don't have to fear, why? Because I'm with you. You don't have to anxiously look about you kind of for a solution, for I'm your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you. And God's right hand always is a picture of his strength. And so Daniel put him to the test and God held him up. And his friends put God to the test and God held him up. And this, this word for hold you up, I will hold you up, with my righteous right hand is the same idea of when Aaron and Hur were holding up Moses' hands in the battle. And as often as his hands were held up by his buddies, they were winning the battle. Behold, more promises. All those who, verse 11, are angered at you, all your enemies. Sometimes you guys, I know you experience people who are against you for your Christianity. Christianity. They will be ashamed and dishonored. Those who contend with you, will be as nothing and will perish. You, uh, you will seek those who quarrel with you. This is another one to put on your fridge, but will not find them. <laughs> those who war with you will be as nothing, and notice this, and non-existent. They won't only be a distant memory, they will be a non-existent memory. For I am the Lord your God who upholds your right hand. I'll, I'll give you the strength to do the right thing. Who says to you, do not fear, I will help you. And sometimes we, we hear these promises and we say, Lord, I, I feel so small. You're talking about strength and power to do the right thing. Man, I can't even seem to get out of bed without making a mistake. I feel wormy. And God says, do not fear, you worm. <laughs> Jacob. Think of a worm. What does a worm do? It catches fish. That's good. You put it on a hook, exactly. You worm Jacob. <laughs> like how God sugarcoats it there. You men of Israel, I will help you, declares the Lord, and your Redeemer. See, I'm going to take you as a worm and behold. See, once you start trusting in the Lord, amen, he turns it around and here's what he does. I have made you a new, sharp, thresh, threshing sledge with double edges. This is where Gillette got their commercials. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. 
Walk in Truth has more content for you to listen to with our mini-sodes a step closer, where Pastor Michael Lance and others on the Walk in Truth team discuss topics and questions about life from a Christian perspective. You'll also get a chance to get to know the team. Since this is Holy Week, the topic is the resurrection. So if something is that, that's written down reflects poorly on what is being described or what is being reported on, if that reflects poorly, that lends to its credibility. Yes. Because normally we say, well, the writers are biased. Uh, regardless, we're not just talking about the New Testament. Any writer's biased, they want to get their point of view across. But what shows their objectivity or attempt to be objective is when they include information or facts that reflect poorly on themselves or the narrative they're trying to push. Yes, and and so let's take a step further towards that. So when the women go to the apostles who are supposed to be the brave followers of Christ, they say the the women have lost their minds, to paraphrase. They do. They're just crazy tales. They they don't believe it, which is another embarrassment because, of course, the, the documents go on to say that Christ is risen and it becomes crystal clear but the, the way that it, this is written down, and we believe it corresponds exactly to what happened, is that they don't believe. They have no faith. To listen to the Walk in Truth minisodes a step closer, follow Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app like Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and more. Again, follow Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. See, once you start trusting in the Lord, man, he turns it around, and here's what he does. I have made you a new, sharp, threshing sledge with double edges. This is where Gillette got their commercials. I'll make you, man, I'll make you sharp. You thought you were just going to survive? You thought, man, maybe I could just be a better-looking worm with a new set of clothes. It'd be cool. Is this how a worm talks? I don't know. No, 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 no. We're going to take you and take you from the, the whatever, what, what happens with the cocoon thing? I'll make you a butterfly. I'll transform you. I'll make you a new sharp thresh, threshing sledge, easy for me to say, with double edges. And you will thresh the mountains and pulverize them and will make the hills like chaff. And some of you say, what is a new sharp threshing sledge with double edges? I just have to know. Well, here's what it was. It was a heavy wooden platform fitted underneath with sharp stones and pieces of cutting metal, which was dragged over the top of a crop to chop the straw in preparation for the winnowing process of separating the wheat from the chaff. You become this pulverizing machine. Taking land. See, this is what God does. He doesn't just want to make you a little less wormy. He wants you to take some land for the kingdom. He wants you to go and cause a crop to come in. And John the Baptist cleared the way for the Messiah. And John said his winnowing fork is in his hand. And this is right after he would prepare, you know, clear the road for the coming of the glory of the king. And we said, that's John, but that's still us. Clear away the stubble and the rocks from men's hearts. Prepare the way of the Lord. What's your ministry? You have a ministry of reconciliation. As though God were pleading through you for people to be reconciled to God. That's your mission while you're here. So you clear away obstacles. You thresh the field. God's gonna separate the wheat from the chaff. That's his business, but you're in the threshing business. And you go 
And God gives you fields to plow and you go over them and you will winnow them, 16, and the wind will carry them away. You'll have the power of the Lord, not only the wind, but the storm seems to speak of divine coming and power and uh, authority will scatter them. But you, man, you're going to rejoice in the Lord and you will glory in the Holy One of Israel when you look back on what God's done through your life, though you were wormy. (laughs) And look what he made you. Now, we tend to forget how far we have come. The afflicted and the needy, you know, you're out there doing this stuff and, and sometimes it's tough and sometimes you feel like you're seeking water. This is kind of Exodus imagery, you know, going out in the wilderness and seeking water, afflicted, needy. We're all needy. Sometimes we're afflicted, but there's none. Sometimes you feel like your tongue is parched with thirst. Notice, I, the Lord says, will answer them myself. As the God of Israel, I will not forsake them. I'm not gonna forsake my people. I will open rivers, 18, on the bare heights and springs in the midst of the valleys and unexpected places. I will make the wilderness a pool of water. Sometimes when it seems like there's no place to go, the dry land will be fountains of water. This is kind of how God met Israel with water and sustenance from unexpected sources. And I know a lot of you have experienced that. I will put the cedar in the wilderness, the acacia, the myrtle. These are all trees, the olive tree. I think he's speaking of shade, and when you're in that hot spot, you can all relate. Some of you are in a hot spot right now. You felt parched, you felt poured out, and now you're sweating, and you're in this hot place, and you're going, Lord, is there any shade? And God said, I'm just going to put trees where you may not expect them in the wilderness. I'll put a cedar. I'll put the acacia. I'll put the myrtle. I'll put the olive tree. I'll place the juniper right in the desert, together with the box tree and the cypress. I'll, I'll shade your head. I was, um, there's a beautiful lady in our congregation that painted that mural on the wall when you guys walk in, that's living truth. She had uh, been fighting cancer for quite a long time and uh, I was by her bedside. We're out at the farm in Norco and, uh, you know, she had been through a lot of stuff and been a trooper through it. And so I was praying by her bedside. It was a sunny day. And uh, Psalm 91, verses 1 and 2 were coming to my, my heart. Uh, you who dwell in the shadow or the shelter of the Most High God. You know, and, and I was praying and I closed my eyes and I honestly didn't even know how to pray. And I just said, Lord, I don't know how to pray. I don't know what you're doing. And I looked and it was as though a big cloud had come over that house. And it was like shaded and God spoke to my heart and said, I am your shelter and your shade. And sometimes we're in places where we don't even know how to pray anymore and God just brings a shade tree. <laughs> that they may see and recognize, 20, and consider and gain insight. Those are some words of contemplation, are they not? We need to recognize, we need to see the world again with a biblical worldview recognize, that takes a little bit of work, we need to consider, look at verse 20, and gain insight as well, that the hand of the Lord has done this, and the Holy One of Israel has created it. Let's pray. Well, Father, we are certainly needy people in need of fresh perspective all the time, in need of biblical perspective. And the good news is that this is your word, 
And you said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. Your word is true. It is life. It gives us hope. And those who wait or hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Give us new eyes to see. Help us to gain insight. You are the first. You are the last. You're the creator of the nations. But more than that, you made me. In my mother's womb, I was fearfully and wonderfully made. All the days for my life were written in your book before one of them came to pass. You know my thoughts before I think them, and your thoughts toward me outnumber the sand of the seashore. It's amazing, Lord, that you love us the way you do. And we go through these seasons, Lord, where it's tough, and there are idols all around, and there's difficulty, and Sometimes we find ourselves in captivity. Maybe of our own doing, maybe just because life is hard, like for Daniel. He was there, but he was faithful. And one day we will sit down with Daniel. And one day we will sit down with James and John and Peter in the kingdom of God. And so help us not to fear because you're with us. You will uphold us. You will strengthen us. Let us rest in the promises that you've given to us, God. Let us as a nation, as a church, move closer to you and not farther away. We do want to pray for this nation tonight, Father. On the heels of an election year, there's a lot of people anxiously looking around. There's a lot of souls that are desperate for answers, but we need to refocus on you. So help us to do that tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. I want you to keep, just stay in that attitude of worship right now. Just seek the Lord for your situation. Give him anything that you've been anxious about. Maybe you've been anxiously looking around. Just kind of settle your soul back on him. Seek his face. He will be found. He is near if you have a broken heart tonight. He will be your strength. He will be water if you're feeling dry. He will be the wind to carry you on eagle's wings. He will renew your strength. Lord, just refresh your people, I pray. We prayed earlier tonight for emotional, if it's your will, physical healing. We're praying for refreshment in people's spiritual lives. We're praying for renewed calls and the zeal to follow that call. Whatever you want to do, Lord, just have your way. We love you and we thank you that you love us. Amen. You've been listening to Comfort for the Gentiles, Part 3 on Walk in Truth. And that was Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah 41. And if you missed any part of today's program, you can always listen to Walk in Truth on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe for free to hear Pastor Michael's teachings and more books of the Bible. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, you know, the bottom line is that our God is the Father of mercies and God of all comfort. And, you know, Nehemiah's name means Yahweh comforts. He is our great comforter. The Holy Spirit, the Parakletos, is called our comforter, one who comes alongside and shoulders the burden. What a beautiful description of our God and what a beautiful gospel we get to share. It's the gospel of comfort. 
And uh, this is what the book of Isaiah has been about uh, as we've transitioned uh, to the second half of the book of Isaiah. Remember, the same author wrote the entire book, so there's no doubt about that. It's just a difference in, in the sense of tone and the the focus of the book and the beauty of the book. Now, we'll be taking a break as we approach here Holy Week, and we're going to be jumping into a message in John chapter 20 called Believe. And I'm going to be talking to you about some modern-day miracles written in a book called The Case for Miracles by Lee Strobel. I took much of the material from that. And uh, getting into the account of John chapter 20 and encouraging you on the resurrection. By the way, we have done an in-depth treatment on the resurrection on our devotional podcast called A Step Closer. And Joe Kelly and I uh, dive in and we're going to be telling you more about how to get access to that devotion. It's very timely on the resurrection called A Step Closer. And uh, we'll be doing that. So we're excited about that. So that's it for now. Uh, we'll be seeing you right here tomorrow. God bless you. We'll see you then. And just a reminder that this is a listener-supported ministry. Would you consider becoming a partner for $5 a month? We're blessed to know that these teachings reach thousands of listeners just like you every weekday through our radio partners and through the podcast. If you've been listening for some time now and you're blessed by this ministry, if you've learned something from Pastor Michael's teachings, or if you've been encouraged, please help others like you. Visit walkintruth.com to donate. That's walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael's special teaching preparing you for Easter called Believe. I'm Mike Massaro, and thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.